0: How do you know, preachers say, "Preacher, is it tough to serve the Lord? Is it difficult? I've, I've, I'm the type of person who's the, I'm an optimist. I believe that uh, the glass is always half full. I'm the type of person, if it's partly cloudy, partly sunny, I'm going to say, well, it's partly sunny outside. I'm the type of person that feels like, hey, we're going to make it through this. You can do this. I'm the, I want to be the encourager, not the discourager. I'm the type of an individual that says, hey, I think you can make it. But there's a lot of folks who are not encouragers, they're discouragers. If anybody could have been discouraged, it would have been Joseph. Joseph was a man that out of all the people in the Bible had every reason to quit serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but he would not give up on serving God. If anybody could have quit, it could have been Joseph. But Joseph said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep serving the Lord. I want to give you an illustration this morning. Number one, I found that in Joseph's life, his family was against him. And in your life, you may have some of your family who don't appreciate you serving the Lord. Let me give you an illustration. There was a young lady, and uh, I preached in a, a college in South Florida back in the fall. And this young lady, her name was Kim, and Kim was from the Philippines. Do we have anybody from the Philippines here uh, that's, that's here and students from the Philippines? That's a long way from where we are. This young lady by the name of Kim. Kim said, Preacher, she said, If you would please pray for my dad. My dad is, is not a, a Christian. My dad doesn't know the Lord, and my dad's sick, and he doesn't understand while I'm all, while I'm all the way over here in Florida uh, in the college. He doesn't understand while I'm here why I'm doing what I'm doing. He said, Would you pre- please pray for my dad? She said, My mom just got saved. She said, but it sure is hard over here trying to serve God and live for God and try to do what I need to do, but my dad doesn't appreciate what I'm doing. I've got news for you. When I first surrendered the call to preach, I'm not sure my parents were real excited about my call to preach. I was going to go to school and college to be a computer uh, a science degree. That was going to be my degree. And my, I told my parents when they said, I want to be a preacher. And they're, well, that's good, son, but uh, we'll, we'll pray for you. I told a friend of mine at, college, at a church, I said, I feel like God wants me to preach. And he said, well, that's good. I'll pray for you. And then one day I told him, I said, I think I'm going to come back close to home and take a little church plant that has just a few people. And they, and they all looked at me and they said, that's good. and We'll pray for you. They were not very encouraging along the way. And there's sometimes in your life, there's going to be family and there's going to be friends around you who are not encouraging in your walk with God. But you can't quit just because your family doesn't want you serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you something else about Kim. About three weeks ago, I got a a text and uh, uh, one of the teachers there uh, at the college sent me a text. He said, listen, he said, I know you're praying for Kim, Kim's dad. He said, I just want to let you know that Kim's dad trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior about three weeks ago. And so now Kim, whose dad was against her, now her dad's for her, trying to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't stop just because your family's not always on board with what you're doing for the Lord. Number two, not only is your family against you, I found that sometimes you're going to face adversity. Joseph had learned, he said, it's not always easy. My brothers didn't like, like me. My, my dad doesn't know where I am. And sometimes life is difficult. And I'm just not making it through this thing, preacher. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I just don't know if I can. But by God's grace, you can face adversity. What do you mean? Joseph found himself, he was just serving the Lord. Think about this with me if you would. Joseph's out just doing his thing. He's just serving God, living for Jesus. He's he's honoring his dad. He's honoring his mom. He's living for God. And his brothers can't stand him. They hate his guts. And they're like, hey, we hate this dreamer of ours. Matter of fact, they hated him so much that they wanted to kill their own brother. And they said, let's kill him. Reuben said, no, 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 don't kill him, don't kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. You know the story, don't you? They put him in the pit. And as they put him down in that pit, Reuben was away. And a band of Israelites came and they pulled and they said, hey, here, here, take Joseph up. Take Joseph and and put him, if you would, sell him to the Israelites as a slave. Oh, I can't imagine. My brothers are going to sell me into slavery. He's facing adversity and so he's sold into slavery and he's all bound up as a 17-year-old boy trying to do what's right, trying to live for God. He's bound up as a 17-year-old boy as a slave and as he leaves and as he leaves his brothers, probably with tears down his eyes, he said, why are you doing this to me? Please don't. And he walks into, he's carried into a strange land by the name of Egypt. And as he enters into Egypt, he goes to that place where a man by the name of Potiphar says, there's a strong looking young man. There's a young man who is, who's sharp. There's a young man who's intelligent. There's a young man who's got muscles. There's a young man I can use for my slave. Girls, have you seen any young men around campus who are sharp? Somebody say amen. No amens on that one. <laughs> have you seen any young men who are handsome? Oh, I had one over here. All right, I got one. Have you seen any young men who are? Well, sure, there got to be some out there somewhere. I mean, they're not here, but they're out there somewhere, all right? <laughs> they're somewhere. Joseph would have been the one. He would have been the, he would have been the guy on campus. He'd have been sharp. I believe he was strong. I believe Joseph was the man. That's why Dr. Getch was talking about that, that. What'd you call that banquet you're having? West Coast Loves. West Coast Loves. Wow. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? West Coast Loves. Can they take a date? I should have asked you before I mentioned this. Can they take a date? If you guys can find a date, you can actually take one with you. If you can find one. I just don't know. I'm looking out here. I'm saying, is there any hope for America? I mean, surely. Girls, have you, you, has anybody asked you on a date yet? Really? I'm so sorry. Guys, now's the time. That's next week, isn't it? I mean, if you guys are going to go on a date, I guess you better start asking. It's only $5, guys. Isn't it worth 5 bucks to take her out? So, said, Preacher, I, I'm not strong like Joseph. Thank you for saying amen right there. He's like, yeah, it's worth $5. <laughs> for you, buddy, it might be worth 50 or $100. i am not sure, right? It might be a while. All right, so it's worth 5 bucks. take him out. Joseph would have been the strong guy. He would have been the one that probably could have gotten a date pretty easily. I believe Joseph would, would probably be the intelligent guy, probably the strong young man, probably the athletic type. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of gathering between the lines because Potiphar, Potiphar said, I will take this young man and I will use him in my household. And it wasn't long before God began to prosper Joseph and God lifted Joseph up and Potiphar lifted him up and said, you'll be in charge of my whole household. You're going to be in charge of my whole house. And then does, you know the story how that Mrs. Potiphar. How did she came and she was, she put her eyes on Joseph. And she looked out at Joseph. She said, I want that boy. And she said, Come lie with me. And Joseph said, I can't do this thing. I I cannot. Everything's in this household your master has given to me under my my rule and my my possession and my authority, but I cannot, because you're my master's wife. And yet. Day after day, the Bible says, day after day after day after day. Mrs. Potiphar just kept, come on, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. And Joseph said, I cannot. You know why Joseph would not? Because Joseph had character in his life. Now, young men, you're going to have to get some character in your life. You know what, for preacher, we're in, a, we're in a Christian college. Well, listen to me. You can sin right in the middle of a Christian college. You can find yourself away from God right in the middle of a Christian college. And Joseph said, I cannot. I'm right in the middle of God's will, and I cannot step out of God's will and do this sin against God. He he would not quit in the midst of adversity. Hey, what happens when you do what's right? All right, here's a question for you. What happens when you do what is right? Sorry, right here on the front row, second row. What happens when you do what's right? You get blessed. Good, good answer. Good answer. What happens when you do what's right? Um, builds character. Builds character, Boy, this is a smart group, Dr. Getch. A beautiful group. Not the boys. I mean, that's a beautiful group. What happens when you do what's right? You please God. You please God. Good. What happens when you do what is right and you honor the Lord? You don't feel guilty. You don't feel guilty. Boy, that's good answers. Good answers. But wait a second. No one said, preacher, you get thrown in jail for doing what's right. But that's exactly what happened to Joseph. Preacher, I'm the only one that's still, I feel like sometimes I'm going against the grain. You know why you're going against the grain? Because you're a child of God and this world is not our home. We're just simply just passing through. And so when you think about, hey, preacher, I feel like I'm not not with the program. And listen, sometimes you say, preacher, if I I do what's right, I'll, I'll honor the Lord. I'll bless the Lord. The Lord will bless me. But Joseph found himself. In a prison cell, because he had done what's right, but he still didn't quit. Number three, the reason Joseph found the reason he could have quit was because not only was his family against him, not only was his uh, did he face adversity, but his faith was attacked. He found him. He, he was in Egypt. How many of you are saved? I mean, raise your hand if you're saved. You've been born again. I mean, you know the Lord. I flew over. Uh, I guess in Los Angeles last night, I looked over those millions of homes. And I said, you know, there's there's, there's millions of people that live in this this area. And so if if there's hundreds of you and millions of them, you're the minority. And it's easy to serve God sometimes right in the middle of a Christian environment. It's easy to serve the Lord, but what are you going to do when you step outside and folks question the faith that you have in God? Are you still going to serve God? Even when your faith is questioned, it's easy when everybody says, yeah, we believe the Word of God is the Word of God. But when you step outside and they say, hey, you're one of those Bible-believing Christians. You believe in creation. How many of you believe in creation? Say amen. Amen. How many of you believe God created the heavens and the earth in six literal days? Say amen. amen. I do as well. But a lot of people in the world do not believe what I just said. How many of you believe Jesus was born of a virgin? Say amen. Amen. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ was uh, killed and crucified and he rose again on the third day? Say amen. Amen. We believe those things, but the world many times will look at you and say, That is crazy. But I'd rather be right with God than to be accepted in the world. I'd rather be right with the Lord. And Joseph said, I don't understand. I'm trying. My faith is being attacked. I don't understand, preacher. Why? I'm trying to serve God. It's so easy to serve the Lord, but when you get inside of a Christian environment, but wait one day, one day, you'll be outside in the world and they're going to disagree with you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to mock you. Sometimes they're going to make fun of you. We live in a strange world. A very backwards world. We live in a world that says it's okay and and just recently, I'm sure you've heard this recently about the abortion and they just said that uh, even a baby up to nine mo- months can be murdered. Now, I don't agree with that. I know you don't as well. But if I go outside in the world and tell the pe- and tell the world that's wrong, and they look at you and say, you're wrong. Are you still going to stand for God? There are people in the world who feel like the homosexual thing is acceptable and they say it's good. And you step outside and say, but the Word of God says it's not. But they look at you and say, but well, you're wrong. And they say, what are you going to say? Sometimes it's easy. Hey, how many preacher boys? Do we have any preacher boys here that are called to preach? Good, good. Preacher boys, it's, it's, sometimes it's easy right in the middle of a Christian setting to say, I believe this. I believe the Word of God. I believe such and such, and I know these things. It's easy sometimes when your Dr. Getch is up teaching, oh, that's right, and the preacher's preaching, yes, that's good, and your brothers and around you who are, your, your fellow students are going, that's right. But sometimes you're going to step outside the doors of this college one day, and you may go plant a church somewhere where you're all alone and all by yourself, and you're going to knock on doors, and you're going to say, hey, I'm such and such, and we just started such and such Baptist church, and they're going to look at you going, What? Who are you to tell me that I'm a sinner on my way to hell? Who are you to tell me that I need Jesus Christ? Are you still going to serve God then? Preacher boys, are you still going to preach the word of God then? Are you going to be able to preach outside whenever? Hey, it's easy to get here and preach and maybe get to preach to the other guys and preaching in, in different areas where people go, amen, that's good, that's right. But there's going to come a place and a time in your life where the amens may not be there. And the, and the crowd may not be around you, are you still going to stay by the stuff? Are you still going to be found faithful? And I want to challenge every one of you, be a Joseph. The Bible said these words, if you would, I'd like for you to find, look at verse number uh, chapter number 40, verse number eight. How is it that Joseph would not quit? How is it that jo- Joseph would not give in? And he said, I will not quit. Look at verse number eight. After he'd been put in prison, the baker, the butler had dreams And they said unto him in verse 8 of chapter 40, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not not interpretations belong to God. Now I ask ask you a question. In this Bible, when I look at that word God, is that capitalized or is that a lowercase g? Capital or lower? That is capitalized. That means we are referring to Jehovah God. Am I right? We're referring to God that we worship today. Where is Joseph? Joseph is in the land of Egypt. When he tells the baker and the butler are not interpretations, do not they belong to God, they don't know what God he's talking about. They worship various gods, many gods, different gods. And I've got to tell you, Joseph did not quit because his faith was not in many gods, but his faith was in the only God that would never let him down. God would never let him go. God would never turn his back on him. Joseph would not quit. You say, preacher, why would I? could I not quit today? i tell you why. Because Psalm 37, verse 25 says, I have been old, uh, I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I been, not seen the righteous forsaken and his seed begging bread said, so Preacher, it's been tough financially. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the semester this year financially. I've got news for you. There's a little verse of Scripture, and I believe every word. How many of you believe every word in the Bible is true? Say amen. The Bible says, My God shall supply what? All, All of your needs. You said, Preacher, but I, I don't know. I don't know if He is or not. I'm not sure He's going to take care of me. I don't know if God's going to provide for me. Well, if the God that provided for Paul and the same God that provided for John and the same God that provided for Peter and the same God provided for your pastor here at this church, he'll take care of you as well. You know why? Because he's still on the throne and he's not going to leave you. He's not going to walk away from you. Your faith ought to be in the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Psalm 94, 14, the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. I just got to ask you. Who is it? Hey, I would, give me a little response here. I want to ask you a question. When I ask you the question, I want you to respond with this, with this phrase God does. I want to ask you this question. And the question is Who is it? Who takes care of the sparrows? Who does? God does. Who is it that makes sure that we had the four seasons and the leaves fall and the, and, and, and the summers and the winter and the, and the fall and the spring? Who does that? God does. Who is it that makes sure that the sun comes up every morning of our lives? Who is it that does that? God does. Hey, I've got to ask you this: If God can make sure that the sun comes up in the morning, if God can make sure that the sparrows are taken care of? if God knows how many hairs that I lost on my head this morning, you know what we did this morning at my room? We had a burial. As I was I, every 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 morning, we have a little burial, and I let those little hairs just fall off into the sink. You guys don't know I have any idea what I'm talking about. Well, some of you do. All right. Anyway, <laughs> some of you do. Have a burial. But every time every time one of those falls out, God knows about it. Really. Every time one of the little lilies. Begins to toil and the to spin. God knows about it. Every time that I have a need, here's what's so amazing. I told the Lord this morning. I said, "Lord, we're such a we're on a little speck of dirt on such a big ball, and this big ball is such a small little speck in all of the galaxies." I said, "It's so amazing that you care for someone as small as I am. All the billions of people in this world." We're nothing more than just just another face in all the crowds of this world. But not to God. To God, you're somebody special. Joseph was a man that the world would have looked at and said he's just another slave boy. That's all that he is. He's nothing to us. But I've got news for you. God took care of Joseph. And if God took care of Joseph, God's going to take care of you as well. How do you know that, preacher? Because that's a promise in God's Word. Who's your faith in this, this afternoon, this morning? Who's your faith in? Is your faith in the bank account or the job that you have, or is your faith in God? You know what? Some of you, I don't, I don't know how, how many have enjoyed school. I, was, I didn't really enjoy, let me say it this way. I didn't enjoy, um, I, boy, I don't, I'm in a bad spot to say this. I did not enjoy classes a whole lot, all right? I enjoyed dating my future bride. I enjoyed playing basketball. Let's see. I enjoyed eating. Amen. Amen. As far as just sitting in the classroom, that's not one of those things I jumped up and said, I cannot wait to go take Greek class. Oh, my soul. That's bad memories. Bad memories. (laughs) I loved it so much I took the first year twice just so I could get it all together. But I loved it. I'm telling you, loved it. Not really, I shouldn't say that, but uh, man, I didn't enjoy class. I'll so it was difficult for me. I'm not, a, I'm not a natural student by nature. It's not my nature. I'm a hands-on person. I love to work with my hands. I love to do things. I'm a hands-on person. So when years ago when I, when, I, when I took this little church, it was just a, It was just a young church just getting started. You got to remember your faith has got to be in God and nothing else. And I realized, and what I thought was, I will talk to you preacher boys just for a moment. What I thought was this, guys. I thought whenever I showed up to the new little church plant that had just been going for a few months, you know what I thought? I said, My soul, Billy Sunday has arrived. And when I get there, we're going to turn this world upside down for Jesus Christ. That was my whole, that was my dream, that was my desire. So you know what we did? I got there on that Sunday morning, I started preaching my guts out. You know what happened? Absolutely nothing. What'd you do, preacher? We went out that week and we knocked on doors. I love to hear your, your pastor's story and how the God blessed. We knocked on doors the first week, the second week, the 40th week, and the 50th week. How many people came? Boy, you turned the world upside down. Absolutely zero. Sometimes you're going to have to check yourself. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I thought I had showed up. I thought I'm here. They ought to come because I'm here. You know what God was teaching me? God was teaching me. Brian, it's not about you. It's all about him. God was trying to teach me. I cannot do this in my own flesh and my own spirit. And so the reason Joseph would not quit was because his faith was in God. I'd like for you, if you would, if you would look back at chapter number 39, I for, look at verse number 23 if you would. He said these words, uh, The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord which was with him, and that which the Lord was with him, and that which we did, the Lord made it to prosper. You cannot quit and you should not quit, number one, because your faith is in God. Number two, because God has a future, a future that he has planned just for you. There's a future. Now, if Joseph had decided, let's back up just real quick. Joseph, I need to I need volunteer real quick. Can you volunteer for me? Thank you, sir. Good, I need to volunteer. All right, what's your name? Samuel, Samuel that's a good name, Samuel. Can you be Joseph for just a little bit? Samuel. All right, good. Thank you, Samuel. All right, Samuel's going to be my Joseph this morning. Thanks for sitting on the front row. I like picking on people on the front row, but you're a good help. All right, Samuel's going to be my Joseph. All right? Now, I'm going to have to role play with you just for a moment, okay? Is that okay? Do you mind? Don't take this wrong, okay? I'm going to be Mrs. Potiphar just for a moment, okay? (laughs) Just for a moment. Just for a moment. All right, hold on, hold on. Joseph is out doing his business. Joseph's out doing all of his stuff. He's having a great time. He is really, he's just working, and he's happily working. So that's what you're doing. Thank you. All right, Joseph's just working. Mrs. Potiphar, boy, can you imagine Mrs. Potiphar? She looked over there one day, and she says, my, my. What strong muscles you have. <laughs> oh, what great work you do. My, my. Turn around the other way, please. Thank you. All right, thank you. My, my. Woo. And Mrs. Potiphar came. She said, hey, come here, honey. Come, come here. No, no, no. Come on, come on. Come here. Hey, hey, come here. He said, I want you to lie with me in the bedroom. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. He said, no, I can't do this thing. And the next day, he's over there working, doing his business. Right in the middle, where, right? Now listen to him. Hey, Joseph is right in the middle. He's right in the middle where God's placed him. This is important to remember. He's working and he's doing. It. And Mrs. Potiphar says, hey, honey, hey, Joseph, you're everything. I'm your boss's wife. You can come with me and you won't be doing any wrong. And Joseph responded, I cannot, I cannot do this thing against God. I cannot. I believe if I were to kind of get technical about it, he could have kind of justified in his mind. You could have said, you know what, she's right. That's my boss's wife. She's telling me to do this. And because she's telling me to do this, therefore, it's okay for me to do it. Is it ever right to do wrong? What's the answer? Is it always right to do right? Even in a situational type thing where maybe we could twist it a little bit. It would never be right for young Joseph to go and have a relationship with a married woman. Do you understand me? Now Joseph said, I can't quit. And I'm not going to fall to the temptation that's before me. And some of you say, what does it get? Blessings and God honors it and God uses it. What happened to Joseph? They lied about him, told a lie on him. And what did they do? All right, come here, guys. I need two of you. Come here. Yeah, you two right there. Come on. I got two prison guards. Come, hey, Mr. Potiphar shows up. I'm Mr. Potiphar. Hey, I'm, this Joseph, this boy, this Israelite boy. Take him off into prison. Throw him away in the dungeon. How dare he do that to my wife? Now take him off. Well, y'all are too gentle with him. I mean, you supposed to like take... Uh, the, Thank you. All right, good. That's why. I'm, thank you. rough with him. Beat him up a little bit. You got great students, don't you? Great students. They love each other. <laughs> Throw him down, and Joseph was in the pit. Now, Joseph's in the pit. You, would, Hey, what, what am I going to do? Preacher, it's so hard right now. I'm struggling with my classes. I'm struggling with my grades. I'm, I'm struggling even with my finances. Preacher, it's difficult. I'm, I'm not sure. People at home are saying, Why don't you just come on back to the house? I've got maybe there's maybe there's a girlfriend at home that's saying, Listen, I, I do miss you. Maybe there's a, a boyfriend at the home that's going, listen, we could we, we can work this out at the house, and you could you could serve God here at our church, and we can all work it out, but God's got a plan for your life. Don't throw it away. I read a little book this morning, I think there's a little, little history of the church, and I think it says something like we're not building students for. We're not not looking for students. We're looking for graduates. If you're going to graduate, you're going to have to stay by the stuff. You need to finish the course. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that Joseph, as Joseph was doing right there, as he's doing what he was told to do, He did not get the blessings right away. But listen, all of us, we've read chapters number 42, 43, 44. We've read all the way to chapter number 50. And we say, my, Joseph was going to be a great man. Joseph's going to be able to honor God. Joseph's going to be used of God in a great, powerful way. We've seen the story. But Joseph had not seen the story yet. Preacher, we've read about his life. Joseph was just a young boy, young young man, and he could not see the future. He said, "All I know is, is I've done right, and all it's gotten me is in a prison cell." You can't quit. Got to ask you a question: What would have happened if Pastor Chapel had quit thirty something years ago when it was tough and it was hard and difficult? What would have happened if he had said, "I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I'm tired and I'm quit. I just can't do this. I'm tired." We're not seeing things happen and, we're, and things are falling apart around, my, around our neighborhood and, and all the stories that he's told and you've heard. What if he had said, I'm done? There would never have been the great Lancaster Baptist Church. never have been the West Coast Baptist College. It wouldn't have been the high school. Not, why? Listen to me. You don't know the rest of your story yet. <laughs> but all I can say is this. If you quit now, there's not going to be the rest of the story. If you quit now, he said, Preacher, uh, but it's just hard. It always is hard to do God's will because God's will sometimes goes against the grain. But God will give you strength to do His will. I'll tell you something. I stepped into our, you remember the little church I told you about? Had just gotten started. It was a very young church. I'd been there. I'll tell you, I knocked on those doors for all those, all those weeks and all those months. How many people came after the first year? How many people came? zero. So that was our story. That was our, but thankfully I had two people. I had two men. Now let me tell you preacher boys, don't worry about how many numbers you do and you don't have when you start pastoring. Because I preached to those two just like I preached to all those I have today. I preached the same, just the same way. My wife was there. I had, she was there. My little baby, uh, baby was there. And I was a young preacher and I was just preaching my heart out. Every Sunday, I'd preach to those two men and I'd preach to my wife and that little baby. My wife quit smoking. She quit doping. She quit drinking. She got saved over and over again (laughs) because I preached to her every Sunday. Get right with God. I'd preach to them about being saved. And I'm just joking about all that other stuff. But what I'm saying is this. I would preach to two guys every week. And then then one, one weekend one of the guys got upset about a little something and he says, I'm quitting. I'm done. And we had a church split just like that. I lost, it just divided in half. I went from two to one. The remaining church member that was left had one church member. He said, preach, you're making it up. You can ask my wife when I'm done. I'm telling you this is the truth. Had one church member he sat on my back porch. He said, "Preacher, what are we going to do?" I said, "Sidney, I'm not sure what, 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 what we'll do as far as in the future, but he said, "We can just close it down, preacher. We, we just, I can go to another church." And he deigned the church. He said, you can, He said, "You're still young. your family can go somewhere else and minister." He said, just, we, "We just close it down." He said, "Nothing's happened. It's been a year and three months, and nothing's happened." He was right. Nothing had happened. But God still had a plan. So I I told him, I said, Sidney, let's do this. This was September. This was the first weekend of September. I said, Sidney, let's pray and ask God to give us a family between now and January the first. I said, if after January the 1st, God has not sent us a family because we've been here 15 months and nobody's come. No, one is, no, one's, no one's here. I said, we will close the doors of Calvary's grace. He said, that's fine. That's what we'll do. The member who, got, who, who had been upset came back the next Sunday. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you this. I, the Sunday before this happened, I, when that happened, I preached to four people on Sunday school, and Sunday morning, Sunday night. Preacher, i got to have a big crowd before I can ever take ministry. You better learn to take whatever God gives you. That man came back, and I said, well, that's good. That's a blessing. But still, we were, we were just going to pray that God would send us a family. That was in September. 9-11 happened about a week later. 9-11 happened. And that next Sunday, boy, it just seemed like we, we, had, we, had, we had such a big day. How many did you have, Preacher? We had 15 people in church. Well, I was so excited. That was a thrill to me. But the next Sunday, they all left. I thought, <laughs> all right. We're back to where we were. The very next week, I'll tell you what God does. Oh, the very next month in October, there was a family walking in the doors of our church. Had two, two young boys. sitting in that church and they said, Preacher, boy, we love this type of church. The next week, there was an older couple. He said, we've been wanting a church like this for years. And within a month's time, two families had joined that church. And what God did in my heart, he settled in my heart. You're right where I need you to be. We had put our fleece out. And God says, I'm going to answer your prayer. Now, what would have happened if I would have said, Cindy, I guess that's fine. Let's go ahead and close the doors of the church. Let's quit. My future would have been altered for the rest of my life. The biker man that I told you that gave the testimony, he wanted to come out to California with me. Maybe I've never gotten saved. The families that have been put back together may have been busted up and been divorced. All the hundreds of young people that have been saved through our camp may have never gotten saved. All the people who come to our church on the buses every Sunday may have never come and gotten born again. If someone had quit... Preacher, it's so hard. It is hard at times. It is difficult at times. But God's not looking for quitters. God's looking for someone who'll stay by the stuff and will not quit. You cannot quit because God has a plan for your life. I'll give this to you and I'm done. I'll give you a, you cannot quit because you're not finished yet. You're not finished yet. Preacher, when do you quit? Well, let, let, let me, let's, take, and let's go to Genesis chapter number 50. And let's see, when do you quit serving God? Genesis chapter number 50, I'd like to show you. And um, I just want to ask you, when, when's the time that I just, I just quit? When, I'm, when, I'm, when, when am I done? Well, according to Genesis chapter number 50, I'd like to show you the very last two verses of the, of the chapter, the last two verses in Genesis. He says, And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. You shall carry up my bones from hence. Look at verse number 26, chapter number 50. Let's say it out loud. So Joseph died. When do you quit? When you take your last breath. For over, let's say, roughly 90 plus years of his life, Joseph had been in Egypt. Joseph didn't know that he was going to be used of God when he was 17 years of age. He would be used of God to deliver a nation. Joseph did not know that he was going to be used of God to save a whole nation of Israel. He did not know that in Exodus 13 that one day they were going to carry his bones out when he was 17. He didn't know they would march out of Egypt by the hundreds of thousands and they would carry his bones out as a hero of the man God used to preserve the nation of Israel. God had a plan for Joseph, but if Joseph had have quit, he would have never seen his plan fulfilled. I want to say to you tonight or this afternoon, you're not done until God's done with you. And when God's done with you, then you can say, then he will say, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. You know, I, was, I remember years ago, did anybody ever run track in high school, run track? Any track runners here? Isn't that a lot of fun? Pastor Shetley, you, you used to run long distances, right? Is that right, Dr. Shetler? He used to run, run long distances. I was never a long distance runner. If it was over like, you know, 10 yards, it was long distance, all right? But anyway, I, 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 it's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? You stand on this start line, and as you start here, you run your guts out, and you stop at the same place you started. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I was, uh, I would have been a senior in high school, I believe it was, I I, I know it was, senior high school, and this is for the region championship track meet. We were in third place. The last, the last, the last run of the, the last run of the day is what they call the, uh, the, the hundred or the um, mile relay, we called it that time. It's where you you run a lap. It's a 100 meter lap, and you run. You do that. One person runs a lap. The next person runs a lap. The next person runs. Four people run a lap each. Are you with me so far? You understand where we are? We're running this relay. The four. It's a four. I mean, we're running this four by 100 relay. And we were third place. We needed to be second place. We were third place. There was one team that was ahead of us just by just a small margin. We knew that if we were going to win, if we were going to take second place in the region meet, we were going to have to beat just this team, not the first place team, just this team, the second place team. So we started out the race, the first runner ran, and he got a, he got a little, bit, little, bit, little bit behind, not much. And the second runner ran, he actually got a, a, a lot behind. And then it was my turn. I was the third leg of the, of the of four legs of that race. I always remember how that all I could think about is I got to catch the guy in the green uniform. That's all I had on my mind. I've got to catch him. So I started out and I took off running like a wild man, just running wide open. Well, most of you know, you can't you can't really can't hardly keep up for a whole lap. But I had in my mind, I've got to catch him. So we go around the first curve of that track. And as I make the first curve, gain a little bit of ground. Got along the back stretch of that straightaway. And as I come on the back on the straightaway of the, around the curve, I, I gain more ground. And actually, as I got to the third or second turn, I almost had him. But you know how it is when you run. Or those of you that do run. There's a, what we call we hit the wall. I mean, you just feel like you're running your heart out, but you're not going anywhere. I mean, you, you, you're, you're done. It's like you're running and somebody's got a chain pulling you back the other way. Your legs feel like lead. You just can't go. I mean, you're done. You've blown up. And I remember catching that fellow about the last curve. And I, as I caught it, I mean, I was done. And I still had about 50 yards to go. My teammates knew what was going on. They knew that we needed a second place. They knew that we, if we could catch him, our last guy for sure, I mean, it was going to be a foot race, but they knew that he could take, us, he could take it home. And so my teammates, as I gathered around that last, that last curve, all of a sudden, as I've gone as far as I can go, I felt like in my body, I'm done. You know what my teammates started doing? They were on the infield on the grass. And that, as I'm running... All of a sudden I hear, come on Brian, come on, come on, come on, you can make it, you can do it, come on. And as those, my teammates started running with me, and it seemed like, I don't know how to to describe it, but it seemed like there was a little extra burst of energy that came inside of me, and as they ran alongside of me, I began to run and run and run, and I said, come on, and as they were cheering me on, they were helping me get to the finish line. Preacher, when do I get to the finish line? When you've taken your last breath and the Lord says, Well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. For some of you, your first lap may be this year. For others, you may be on your second or third lap of school. For others, you may say, Preacher, I'm a junior, and I'll be honest with you, The newness is worn off, and I'm I'm just ready to go. I'm I'm done. I'm finished. You're not finished as far as a college student goes. You're not finished until you walk across this platform and that diploma is in your hand. Then you finish this leg of your journey. And then God's going to open up doors for you because you would not quit. Joseph was not a quitter. I believe Joseph Joseph is one of the saints who said, "Well done, thou good and thou faithful servant." I want to close with another story. There was a there was a a little lady. She sat on the front row. I remember one day I was uh, uh, I was there at college and I was standing. I was uh, let me see. I was standing over here somewhere, outside on the sidewalk. Hey guys, how many of you got a girl that you like? Some of you won't raise your hand, but that's okay. All right, I remember. And all of a sudden, there was a little, about five foot two, long black hair, that solid green dress. And she came walking down the sidewalk. I thought, my heart went pitter-patter. Actually, my eyes went, whoa, (laughs) she is pretty. I knew, I had a little insight here, and I knew that she was, you know, it helped that she was from Georgia as well. She's the only person that can understand what I'm saying today. She is from Georgia. Boy, she was pretty. I asked her out on a date. Of course, going on a date is like it is here. We, we, went to, we went to church. I thought, that's a good place to go. We went to church. What do you want to do after church? I don't know. Let's go. I don't know. Let's go get a Coca-Cola or something. Well, I found out that I liked her a little more than she liked me. You ever been there before, guys? Say amen right there, all right? Amen. All of you, I believe. Or maybe in that shape. I'm not sure. She, uh, I, I liked her a little more. She liked me, and she kind of, I'd call her up on the phone. And I said, hey, uh, Janet, this is Brian. She'd talk for just a minute. She'd say, hey, you want to talk to my roommate? I'm like, not really, but uh, she'd pass the phone off. Well, that's cold, isn't it? By the way, that was back before the cell phone and stuff. She'd, she'd, she'd passed she'd pass the phone off. This went on for several weeks. But let me tell you something. One thing I am, I'm persistent. I'm persistent. I kept after and I kept after. And finally she realized that, well, she realized what she was missing out on is what she realized. <laughs> and she finally decided, all right, I'll give this guy a chance. Oh, she was, she was a... She was a sweet lady, a sweet young lady. She was pretty. That's the first thing I saw. The second thing, she was spiritual. Boy, that was great. God put us together. I'll tell you, men, I think sometimes young men have a greater stamina when it comes to, I'm going to go out with her. I'm going to get a date with her than they do about serving God. Just because you get knocked down along the way doesn't mean you ought to quit. Don't quit. Years ago, there was—I was, I was uh, junior year, sophomore year, no, no, excuse me, freshman year, freshman year of college. There was a young lady who i was walking on side. She was a missionary's daughter. She said, "I want to take—I've got a little date, and I want to take—we, you know, get fixed up. I want to buy him a little flower, you know, thing to put on his, What do they call those things? Yeah, yeah, no, corsages. Men don't wear corsages, good night, <laughs> ladies. She was going to buy him a boutonniere." Something like that. She wanted to buy a little flower, a little candy, a little something to give to him. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Just a little something. She just in conversation, she said, I'd I, I like to buy this, but she said, I don't have any money at all. I thought, man, you know, and that, that, just conversation. I, I got in my pocket. I had $3 and some change is all that I had. I saw her when she went by her mailbox. I saw which box she went to, and then later on, I came back by. And I, in an envelope, I just didn't put anybody's name or anybody. I just, I just put that money in an envelope, stuck it in her box with her name on it so she could go buy things. And I didn't, didn't think a thing about it. But here, I'm going to tell you something. That was the last cent that I had. Walt, walked from her box down the wall just a little bit to my box, opened up my mailbox, and there was a card in there that had a $10 bill. What I'm saying is God said... You're obedient and faithful here. I'm already going to bless you over there. Young people, don't quit. You're on a journey that God's got you on. Now is not the time to quit. Joseph said, when I'm done, it's the last time I'll be done is when I take my breath, my last breath. You haven't taken your last breath yet. You're not finished yet. You haven't passed your last test yet. You haven't walked across the platform yet. Preacher boys, you haven't had your church yet. You're not there yet. But until then, let's be found faithful, serving the Lord with everything we've got.